Welcome to another episode of Latina Life with Jenna Molina. Our super Latina today is a trailblazer paving the way in the entertainment, business, fashion, and beauty industries. She is truly a beautiful pattern in the fabric of pop culture and society. You've seen her name and face on MTV, billboards, magazines, even your local stores. So happy to have her here with all of us. Welcome to the show, Daisy Fuentes. Oh, that's so sweet. Thank you so much for that lovely intro. Oh, oh my gosh, of course. <laughs> Thank you. So Daisy, we're just going to like dive right into this because you really have, you were one of the first to open the doors in so many areas for Latina women. Absolutely. But I think we need to go into, you know, your childhood. You know, mm-hmm. you're from, your family's from Cuba. Then you went to Spain and then you moved to New Jersey. So <laughs> <laughs> that's a journey. How, yeah. How was that for you just had that transition of going from being in this country that, you know, you were raised in to all of a sudden New Jersey. So tell us about your childhood. Um, Yeah, it was very interesting. Like you said, like just ending up in Jersey out of nowhere, you know, uh, quite a long journey. So I was born in Cuba. My dad is Cuban. My mom is from Spain. So at the time in Cuba, I was three years old and there was horrible political turmoil happening. So we left as political exiles with literally nothing. My parents were Mm. in their early 20s. They were kids themselves to now leave alone with just a baby. As a matter of fact, when we were boarding the plane, they tell the story that, you know, they go through their communist checklist, making sure that everything that you own, which now belongs to the government is left behind. Wow. And they didn't let my mom board because they said, Oh, we're missing a blender. Like they take inventory of the house. They, everything wow. now belongs to them, including the house. Mm-hmm. And she said, Oh, we used it to give the baby her formula this morning. And I forgot to turn it in because we, and they said, well, you can't board until that is returned to the government. Oh, um, and somebody had to run home and like make sure I don't know that 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 was now checkmarked off the list and we were able to board. Um, so that's what we're talking about when I say we mm-hmm. left with literally nothing and my parents were kids themselves. Mm-hmm. Imagine like your typical 20, 23 year old today mm-hmm. leaving their country with nothing and a baby like I, I, I think most would not survive. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Think, you know, young people today, for the most part, are not equipped for such, you know, survival. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. really what it was. And to go to a new country, we were able to go to Spain because my mom obviously still had um, a Spanish passport. And politically, we were more aligned with that country at the time. So that's the only we weren't allowed to come to the United States, but we didn't come directly over here. Mm-hmm. Um, so we get to Spain. My dad finds work at the phone company he's working very long hours at that time women did not work so she had to be a housewife taking care of her baby at home my mom gets pregnant my little sister was born in Spain and by that time my grandparents were already settled in Newark New Jersey were preparing everything for us uh, to come to the United States so we were in Spain for four and a half almost five years before we were able to come to to a, a Three bedroom apartment in my grandparents' apartment in Newark, New Jersey. Mm-hmm. That's what we moved into. So, what that taught me was 
to just go with it. It wasn't all about me. It could not have been all about me. It was not about the kids. It was about us all as a family unit and about us all doing what we needed to do to thrive and to survive and to just move forward. So my parents didn't have the time to, you know, go to the parent teacher meetings to make sure that I was enrolled in like preschool or like the, the things that the young kids do today that everyone takes for granted mm-hmm. but taught me massive survival skills, family values, um, teamwork, just yeah. really being part of a unit, which I think we've lost. Mm-hmm. And us Latinos, we, that is part of our, the fabric of who we are. It's in our DNA family, la familia primero, right? Mm-hmm. That's what it's about. And we've lost a lot of that. But so that's what that taught me, that my parents sacrificed a lot to make a better life for us. And yes, I missed out on some things that some, some kids, most kids today um, just expect from their parents. It, they expect it to be all about them. What do you want to do today? What do you want? What do you want to, you know, what play day do you want to go to? What um, extracurricular activity do you want to take? What sport do you want to play? I, I didn't have that luxury, but yet I thrived. Yes. Um, and I think that we need to have a little more balance of that. Yes, absolutely. I'm with you because you're, Jen and I talk about this with our kids. <laughs> We're moms too. Like, what, happened? Get it. what happened? <laughs> like what happened to like, these, you know, like where this generation, so I'm totally with you, but I think that foundation that your parents gave you definitely, it did something for you because from there, I feel like you exploded, right? Because of that. And I think that that's important that people need to know and hear, right, Jen? Oh, absolutely. I mean, just in regards to how you first started, I mean, what what pushed you to get into TV? I read you were in college when you first started reporting the weather, right? Yeah, it was it was really kind of um, an accident. I think that that's when the universe steps in and really it, that that tied it together for me. Now, not then, but looking back on it now, mm. I can see how my thoughts created my reality. I didn't know. How, I I didn't even think that I would be an entertainer. I didn't think to go into the entertainment industry only because I didn't think that that was for me. I didn't think it was possible. I didn't have any role models to follow. No one in my family or friends of ours were even remotely connected to the business. But when I would look through the magazines, when I would um, watch TV shows that I liked, I would just in a very innocent way, picture myself there. I would look through the magazine. I would transport myself to where the theme of that editorial was. And I would see these young girls in like Teen Vogue and and I would say, wow, that must have been so much fun to do this photo shoot. Like what an exciting life. And I could literally envision myself, not because I wanted to do it, just because I enjoyed it. I I loved the life of like everything that had to do with fashion and makeup and style. Mm -hmm. So I would transport myself there, not knowing that that visualization And that feeling that I was having, which was so pure of just like how great for that girl. Yeah. Right. That's what manifested my future. And I am sure of it because that's how it works. Right. Mm -hmm. So the stars aligned for that opportunity to present itself to me. It was a next door neighbor. Okay. The older sister 
of a, a young girl who played with my sister all the time. Mm-hmm. They went to school together and they were just, you know, neighbors, kids who play together. So she was assistant designer for a major couture designer in New York. And on a Saturday, she was short two models and all the agencies were closed. She could, she desperately needed one more model. So she came knocking at the door, begging my mom to let me go with her to do this photo shoot because I would fit the the clothes. So I begged her, I said, oh my God, let me go, let me go. There was going to be so much fun, a photo shoot. Oh my God, a photo shoot. So I go to this photo shoot and end up becoming his fit model. She just kept calling me back. And eventually um, they had one of their Ford models, they called at the time, one of the mannequins who were like professional runway models. And these were statuesque, magnificent women, women who just had the art of that walk and how to show the clothes. And they were just experts. So one of them taught me how to walk and, and you know, what to do, what not to do. And he put me in his first fashion show. In my first fashion show, one of his many fashion shows, which were private for his private clientele, very exclusive. Mm. I was young. I think I was like, I don't know, 16, 17 and had no idea what I was getting myself into. Um, After the show, there's a little cocktail party. And I think I was walking around with a little champagne kind of pretending to sip on it. I was just so happy to be there and taking it all in. When I meet this woman, Raquel Egas, who starts talking to me and saying, oh, I haven't seen you in the fashion just before you knew where you're from. And I noticed an accent. We started mm-hmm. talking. Said, oh, you have a Spanish, a Hispanic accent. Where are you from? And she says, oh, I'm from Ecuador. And I said, oh, I'm Hispanic too. We started speaking Spanish. She said, you speak great Spanish for a young woman in this country. What's your story? I said, well, I came to this country, you know, when I was eight and a half and that's my first language. And she said, have you ever thought of doing television? And I thought, no, yeah. I'm like shocked that oh I'm like, get to do this. <laughs> she says, well, my husband is the president of Univision in New York and he's looking for a weather girl. And I would love to, you know, to give you some tips and take you there. And I think that you'd be great for an I And this is like the young mind of like no fear I was like oh my god that sounds so much fun let's do I would love that right if I was even a little older or even today we would overthink everything Mm -hmm. I would Mm -hmm. probably turn it down because I would have said you know I'm just I'm not a meteorologist I've never done television before I much less live television I I don't think that I'm the right person for that that's what we have why don't we go back to that thinking of yeah opportunity fuck it yes yes yeah absolutely you're right we so so overthink things with no fear I went into it you know live television in the number one news market of the country (laughs) and I just (laughs) in front of a live satellite with my big hair from New Jersey and like the green screen going through my hair it was ridiculous but I went for it and it started everything off. It absolutely did. And it's so great. I mean, I'm just wondering, what are you telling yourself? I'm sure you probably had some, you were a little nervous, I'm sure. But what, like, did you, what was, what words of advice was going through your mind that maybe your parents told you that you like live by? Like what got you through maybe some of those challenges? Just do your best, be yourself, Um, do the best you can, just prepare for it. Just really be prepared. So I did take the few rehearsals that we had and I, I asked questions. I learned a lot. Uh, there, 
the anchors who were much older than I was helped me. They were kind of like, who is this kid? This is ridiculous. But I think that I was just so naive that instead of them being um, upset by the fact that they hired this girl with no experience, that I was genuinely just so open to it all. I think that it, it, I don't know, for some reason, they were all very kind to me. The universe had your back. Mm-hmm. I think so. I think the universe always has our back and, and yeah. the universe listens to what we're saying. Mm-hmm. And if you put roadblocks in front of yourself, that's what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So now you enter MTV and you are the first Latina VJ. Amazing. Right? Well, so how that happened was I, I remember I was, I went from Telemundo. Yeah. I then went to Univision doing the weather and no, I started in Univision. Then I went to Telemundo. So now I asked one of my editors because I started doing some light community stories just because I wanted to do something more fun. I was so young by this time, I think it was like 18, 19. And I wanted to do something more fun. MTV was all the rage. It was, Mm -hmm. we were doing the editing of the news and stuff. There was always a screen that had MTV on somewhere at the bar, at the restaurant, at the stores, at home, everybody's home. And I just thought, oh my God, how much fun would it be to do that? Like, that's what I want to do. Now, like, I know I'm doing this thing in television, which is amazing. It's great. I never planned on it, but this is so temporary. This is never going to last. That's what I really want to do. So I think that I talked about it so much that this editor finally said, you know, my wife knows a guy who knows a guy who knows a guy who knows the (laughs) on-air director from MTV. (laughs) Why don't we just make a tape and send it? I'm like, oh my God, you know, they're never going to pay attention to this. I don't have an agent. I don't have a manager. I, the whole, everything would be in Spanish. So sure enough, he just made this little tape, a, a little reel. And I sent it in with a letter that said, I know this is all in Spanish, but I promise I speak English. I love the channel. Music is my life. I'd love a chance to audition, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. I don't hear from, from them for like six months. And then all of a sudden I get a call from this woman, Barbara Corcoran, who was the executive uh, director, the executive producer now for a brand new show that was being tested, was launching for the pilot of MTV Internacional. So it was a Spanish version of MTV, which was gonna be a one hour weekly show just as a test, because you gotta remember that time, uh, labels, record labels did not have a budget for Hispanic artists, for Latin, Mm -hmm. for videos, because there was no platform for them. So why would you spend a million dollars on video like all the other artists when your video had nowhere to be shown? So this started as a one hour weekly and they were looking for Spanish speaking hosts. So I get this call and the woman says, "Um, yeah, we've been auditioning for quite a while and I literally just got your tape. So if you can come in tomorrow, we would love to set up an audition. Um, If not, I'm afraid we have to close this. I was like, yeah, 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 I'll make it. I'll make it. I was so excited. The next morning I wake up with my eyes swollen from a mosquito bite. Um, It's pouring like sleep. In New York, it's like muddy, slushy, and I decide I'm gonna look really hip and wear a white leather fringe jacket with a white leather miniskirt with white leather boots. Anyway, caught <laughs> in the rain, up in models. I had to go through the subway, then I had to get a cab because I didn't really know my way around New York, even though I lived in New Jersey. Um, and I get there almost an hour late, looking like something the cat dragged in. And sure enough, they were all, I could see like the eyes rolling, like, oh my God, whatever, who is this? And I, 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 now I, 
after I got to talk to my executive producer about it, she said, you know, we all cannot believe that you were just like such a mess. You rolled in like the way you rolled in. But then when you got in front of the camera, you just kind of lit up. And we were like, oh, and my Spanish was kind of neutral. I, I kept it on purpose, very neutral. Mm-hmm. What they wanted. So I tried to speak properly and very clean. I, I didn't throw out like my cubaneo, el acento de cubaneo. Mm-hmm, I mm-hmm. tried to keep it like not my Cuban accent, but like a very clean accent. And I was able to read teleprompter because I did have that experience from the news. And I got the job she, because she said, you know, we auditioned so many girls, but because this show is going to be going out to all of Latin America, we wanted someone that didn't sound from a particular country because everybody mm-hmm. gets very, you know, yeah. proud of their country. Mm-hmm. We're all hosting us from another country. They're not, you know, people are going to be turned off by it. And unfortunately, sadly, that is how we are. Yes. Yeah. Um, and, and so she said it was because you had such a neutral accent that we, and your knowledge of music and, you know, you just lit up on camera. We, that's why we went for you. But they had like, auditioned a hundred girls and I thought oh my god I'm so lucky I'm just so lucky and that's how that started shortly after that I got an audition for MTV US regular because it was shot literally in the same studio with most of the same production team the only thing that changed were the writers and my executive producer and producer and that was amazing but that's how I got that opportunity so if I Here's the thing, looking back, if I had set my mind on MTV and MTV alone and gone in that direction, when this weather job presented itself to me, I would have said no to it. Like many people do today because they're like, you know, yeah, that's just not what I am Mm. going for. That's just not my journey. My journey is here and I need to go directly to that. And people forget that sometimes the, 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 opportunities that present themselves to you you might have to take some detours yeah it is all to teach you and to prepare you for where you want to be and a lot of times we shut those down and we say no without realizing what doors it may open for you absolutely that's your story is so fascinating because I'm just sitting here and I'm like wow like you're so right and the fact that these other women Latina women were the ones to open the doors for you. Yes. They really were. Yeah. You know, like you had these women who mm-hmm. were lucky enough to be in a position to yes. give that to another woman. Yes. And that I think is also something that doesn't happen in our community. So, not very rarely. Yeah. Not often enough. No, and, not enough. And I think that the, the reason for that. Well, there are two reasons for that. One is more cultural and one is more gender related. Mm-hmm. So I think that when it comes to the cultural one, there's a very innocent explanation for why we, I, I believe in this country, we don't uh, form a, a stronger community. Mm-hmm. And that's because I think that in this country, we all acknowledge each other as Latinos in this country. So in this country, we are, we, we do stand up for each other. We do feel like we're mm-hmm. part of the community. But the minute you put on a soccer match, we're yeah. all against each other because we are <laughs> different countries. We all come from different co- countries. And mm-hmm. although we share the same language, our cultures are all different. We have different customs. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's different 
countries and people forget that they they think that oh latinos oh we're all latinos yeah but we're many other things and we come in such interesting packages and we all have so much to offer and there's so much diversity within our community yes we come in every color we come in every race we come Mm -hmm. in different uh, with different religious backgrounds so we are a whole world yeah community is not just Latinos. Latinos encompass an entire planet and it's yeah. within itself, right? Mm-hmm. So we forget that. We forget that first of all. And I think that as Latinos in this country, we have to acknowledge that, but also move past it and form a community in this country yeah. that that evolves beyond our culture and our countries and our patriotism for our own individual countries. We now mm-hmm. have to band together in this country. And that's, I think that once you really acknowledge what the facts are around it, it's not just that, oh, we don't lift each other up. No, it's that we've got these barriers. We've got these, yeah. we've got that we have to acknowledge in order for us to be able to figure out what to do within all our differences and all our countries and all our cultures. How do we come together in this country? Mm-hmm. We can still fight to the death when we put a soccer match on. Yeah. <laughs> you know? My country's always going to be better than that country when yeah. it comes to the soccer match or when it comes to the food or when it comes to, I can always be like, no, my, my customs and no, Spanish food is the best or Cuban food is the best or Mexican food is the best. That's great. But when it comes to banding together, I think we need to get past that. And we can yeah. still celebrate all our differences and celebrate our own individual countries. But we need to show the people who are, running the show who are all non-hispanics we need to we need to teach them but we can't teach them unless we are aware of what's happening ourselves 100 percent. so that's i think one thing culturally wait what was the the other thing that i said that i wanted to explain i'm blanking i got so into that right now that i'm blanking so i said one was culturally yes and then wait yeah, so basically that is one of the biggest difference why we need to band together in this country. And, and it'll come to me what I said, the, the other thing that... I, uh, 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 is bringing anyway. everybody together, but yeah, but... I'm blanking on the other explanation that I was gonna give, but I think that there are a couple of reasons. Oh, gender. Yes, <laughs> yeah. This is this whole senior moment, the senior moments that I'm having, it comes to me. Uh, like, we all juggle uh, so much. So much. <laughs> I have that. So the other difference is gender, you know, and you guys mentioned like, why don't women lift each other more? And the fact that these two women really were Mm -hmm. um, crucial in my journey. Mm -hmm. And I think that that is um, because from the minute we're born, women are taught to compete with each other. Mm -hmm. Everything is to compete either for the prince who is going to save you in the little storybooks and the fairy tales, right? Yeah. Then it's, you know, you start learning from a very early age from the time you're a baby oh you're so pretty and you're so pretty and pretty this and you're so be- that that becomes the only important thing so you start really looking at every other woman as like oh is she prettier than me and mm-hmm. it's ridiculous it's the subliminal training that we have from society not just hispanic women all women all mm-hmm. women mm-hmm. i think we're breaking a little bit with that with the younger generation of today but still that is so engraved in who we are as a society 
mm-hmm. that it's still being passed on. Yeah. You know, I think that by now that would have changed, but we are still talking to little girls like they should be competing with other women. Like being pretty is still the one of the most important things. Yeah. Like, you know, being feminine and being a girl and, you know, and, and kids today are learning very early that we don't have to be any of that. We yeah. could be whatever we want. I can call myself whatever I want. I can, this weirdness that I'm feeling in my body is okay. I don't yeah. know what they tell me I have to be. And that is beautiful and wonderful. Um, but there's still that undertone to society with, with the genders and with the, that, that a lot of people don't understand and refuse to accept and refuse to flow with when it can mm-hmm. be really something so beautiful. Um, but that's why we need women like you to explain this exactly i mean look it's just me thinking i don't know if i'm if that is correct it's just an observation from me um i don't know if it's correct but we do need to think about this more and come up with more theories and break Mm -hmm. past these old antiquated stereotypes and that's one way that women will be able to lift each other up more absolutely and i think that um you know, you're definitely doing it. I hope that we can do that in whatever way that we can, because, you know, we do face a lot of challenges, all of us, every single person Mm -hmm. always has, you know, things that they have to overcome. And, you know, as women, I feel that we do have to overcome more, you know, in the workplace and in other areas of life, but for you entering television, um, did you feel like you had to work harder? to, you know, because then, after and I also, TV, I feel that you're very comfortable, like with who you are, like, I don't know, being first generation, Malay and I are both first generation here. And so like right away, my parents like assimilated, they worked really hard to assimilate, at least, mm-hmm. you know, me, we're not going to teach you Spanish first, you're going to learn English first, because English is your first language, they're teaching you English in school, that's how you're learning da, da, da. So did you find it you know, and I did appreciate that, but, you know, you lose a little bit of that connection to, you know, you, to that side of you in a way. Yeah. And, um, some, it's hard to keep it, especially when you have kids too, who are now second generation and to strengthen it, but going back to you being comfortable in your own skin, cause you seem very comfortable, seem so self-assured. Did you find that you had to assimilate and adjust like your personality or did you find like, this is who I am. My parents brought me up to be, you know, me and this is me, take it or leave it. No, I definitely, thank you, by the way, I I didn't really get comfortable with myself until later in life. So, you know, when I look back at videos, uh, at footage of me in my twenties, I, you know, I, I see a girl just trying to fit in and trying to have fun. And I didn't overthink it, but I wasn't comfortable. Mm. really become comfortable until I was in my 40s and sadly that's life I yeah. think if I, even, I know now I would have been dangerous <laughs> <laughs> but um no my parents my parents definitely my sister and I both recognize the struggle of keeping our values and our traditions while still trying to fit into this new world uh, that we, you know, I feel very American and I feel very Latina. Mm -hmm. And I think that that can coexist. And, and I understand parents wanting to assimilate. That's definitely very important, but my parents also recognize the importance of keeping our culture. So my mother brought books from Spain, my, all my school books and after I would do my homework, 
she would have extra homework for me in Spanish from my Spanish books from Spain. So she made sure that even though I was, she knew that because I was, you know, young, I was eight and a half, nine years old, I would learn English. No, no problem. Mm-hmm. She wanted to keep my Spanish. She would teach me grammar and reading and, um, and, and it, uh, just everything. She would vocabulary. She would talk to me in Spanish. She would make me talk to her in Spanish, even when English started becoming easier for me to speak. Um, so that was very important. And it was because of that, that years later, I got my first TV opportunity because of my Spanish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Isn't that weird that you would think, yeah. oh, you need to simulate, forget that. And not, and not thinking that maybe that would be your entry into a whole career. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that's what embrace yourself, right? Embrace yourself, love yourself, love what you do. Like you said, you were just coming from this, this innocent and just a wonderful, all-encompassing love that you manifested it yourself. Yeah. And I think that's yeah, and I think oftentimes we, we think of, we, we've been taught by society in this country to think of ourselves as minorities. Mm-hmm. Our being Hispanic or being Latino mm-hmm. is, is uh, it's not as good. It's something that we have to overcome. It's something that we have to get past. I never thought of it that way. I always think of it. I always walk into the room as like, I have something else to offer. I have a whole other, I have two other cultures that I bring to the table, three cultures, two languages. I have so much more to offer than people who are, just have one culture and one language. That's the way I always looked at it. I have I like much that. to offer, but society tries to tell us that that's going to be a problem. Yes. The, the fact that we are Hispanic is, ah, eh, you're a minority. You're not, you're looked down upon a little bit. No, that is not accurate at all. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. You're like I bring more to the table than a lot of the people here. And it's true. <laughs> And we do, we, we let these things set in our mind. So and that's how we true. go into things. They're not know? true. Just because people say it, it doesn't mean it's true. Yeah. It's a society mm-hmm. defining who we are, who is, not, they're not one of us. They're, mm-hmm. they're defining us and they, why? It's not mm-hmm. true. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're right. See, I love this. This is what people need to hear. So I want to go into you being an entrepreneur, because I think that you really, I mean, you just did so much and you're continuing to do so much. So from television, obviously you love fashion, you modeled, what made you like jump into becoming a mogul and saying, you know what, I'm going to make my own fashion line. Cause you mm-hmm. are, and you, you have your line now. Yeah. It's, it's, it's going on almost 20 years, which is shocking. Celebrity brands really, um, most of the time they're vanity, uh, projects, which are great. Yeah. That's what I thought it was going to be for me. I thought it was going to be like a side hobby, which I thought was great at the time that I launched my brand, uh, branding and celebrity yeah. brand in particular was like the wild wild west we yes. know about it and a lot of celebrities were turning down opportunities because they didn't want to dilute themselves they would say oh well oh, i'm an actor i don't do that or uh i'm a model i don't do that or i'm a singer i i don't do that and i just thought well i'm a model i'm doing it for other people why wouldn't i do it for myself like i'm right. promoting people's yeah. brands what why wouldn't i promote like, my own dress <laughs> you know it's exactly what I'm doing anyway. So uh, again, that was an opportunity that presented itself to me that I didn't overthink because I was still in the mindset of take all the opportunities that are given it given to you because they may never come again. 
Like you may mm-hmm. not have a job next month. Like this could all go away any minute. So I was coming at it from that point, not from an entitled uh, point of, of like, oh no, I'm a TV personality now. And you know, that doesn't quite fit with who I am. And I didn't overthink it. I was just like, wow, that's a great opportunity. Let me see what I can do with it. And we need to think like that a lot more often. Mm-hmm. And I remind myself of that because as we get older, we overthink things more, and especially today with social media, I think that everyone overthinks things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's it's so silly, but we all do it. It's true. So for other Latinas who want to follow in your footstep and maybe they want to go into fashion, they want to go into beauty. They have this little gem of an idea, but they don't know where to go. Like, who do we talk to? What's the next? What plan should I have? Who should I have like part of my team? Like what are three, maybe good tips you can give them? Um, to just start moving forward, just take that first step because that's going to determine what your second step is. And then that's going to determine what you, it's hard to get started, but yeah. you do your research, find the people, connect with people, uh, even online. I have connected, I have used Instagram, like social media to connect with companies, with charities, uh, with organizations that align with, with me ethically and morally and we have connected and it's never been easier to align with people who are uh, like-minded or people who can open doors for you in the, in the direction that you want to go in. So I would say meet people, ask questions, um, get yourself a mentor and, and follow in their footsteps, you know, or see, check out what their blueprint is and maybe follow that blueprint lightly. Definitely make a plan for yourself. Definitely prepare, but be open to taking some detours. Don't just set your mind on that. Keep your mind on your final goal, but be open to the steps that you may need to take to get there. I think uh, social media today makes us all think that things could happen so quickly. You know, from one week to the next, you can be famous and have a brand that is successful. It doesn't quite happen that way. You know, sure, you can become very famous very fast. You can have a licensing brand pretty fast, but is it going to be successful? Is How can you have a brand when all of a sudden from one week to the next, you have four categories, like an entire lifestyle brand? How does, I don't know how that happens. That's not how it happened for me. I started with a very small sportswear line. And I remember that it was with Coles at that time. And mm-hmm. the president of Coles said, we're really trying to address our Hispanic doors. We want representation. And I thought, great, that's me. So we're really only gonna put your stuff on. We're gonna start testing it in the Latin doors. It was just a few doors. And I thought that's to myself. I thought, well, that's ridiculous, but okay. Like Hispanic women, yes, we have our own flair, but it's not like we have an extra arm. It's not like we have, you know, three legs that we need special clothes. <laughs> you know, it's like, we don't need anything different. Mm-hmm, than other women. Mm-hmm. We all, all women want to want to look good and be on trend and not spend a lot. Right. So, yes, of course. Uh, I thought uh, I was so excited. I was just like, whatever that means. Okay, sure. Just put me in whatever doors you want. I, I'm, I'm down because I knew that the product was going to be liked by all women. I knew that I wasn't just making stuff for just Latin women. I know that women just want representation. So the fact that I was behind this brand, I know it's enough because it's enough for me when I see a brand. If I know that that is a woman, a a Latina woman designer, Mm -hmm. then I'm down. I'm like, oh, good for you. 
Good for yeah. you. I'm down with someone to support it because those are my people, right? It's not because she's making a shirt that's specifically for me because I am Hispanic. Yeah. And Absolutely. I think that I don't, I don't think a lot of people understand that. But I, I thought, okay. And so by the time that the launch happened, like four months later, the actual launch party, he came to me and my manager and said, you know, this has been such a success. It's been doing so well that I want to tell you that we're going to launch in all doors because all women love this. And I thought, wow, that's amazing. All women like nice clothes. That's affordable. Wow. What a concept. And what a concept it's been because you you're doing your brand. You have so many other things. So I know we're going to wrap this up, but like, I just want people to know where they can go and get more of you. Obviously you have your podcast too, Tequila Talk with your wonderful We've husband. We've slowed that down. We've slowed the podcast down. You just have, because, okay. Yeah, my husband is about to start touring. We've gotten really busy. So we started the podcast just again, just as a fluke during quarantine, right? During COVID, we were at home and we started doing some lives on our Instagram just because we were home alone and we would have a little tequila every evening. And we're like, hey, you know, let's check in with our followers. And it was so touching that people, the way people responded, like, thank you for asking. It just gave us such a, an escape from our everyday. And it's so mm -hmm. nice to see that you guys are going through the same thing that we're going through. And we thought, wow, this is really like the responses were so heartfelt that we thought, let's just do a few more of these. And that's how we got the opportunity to do the podcast. But then after uh, lockdown, we started getting busy and it started. Yeah. Really it's hard, but you're, I'm happy that you're so busy. I'm happy. I still get to see you on TV, Thank on you. the fashion that your clothes are right. out there. And so, you know, you have been so wonderful. Thank you, Daisy. Really. I, I, I've learned so much from these last 30 minutes that I just oh, thank so you many people. Um, I know they're going to appreciate it. Yeah, we know our thank listeners you. are going to love this. They're going to take away from it. They're going to elevate themselves. I hope we offer everybody support. We really appreciate you and everything well, you are doing, continuing to do. Thank you. And back at you because this it's really um, amazing of you guys to open up the conversation. We need to have more of this. And like you said, it's just it's women supporting women and Hispanic women supporting Hispanic yes. women. So you're yes. you're. Uh, doing exactly what you say that you want more of. And so hats off to you guys too. So oh, thank gracias. you. Muchas thank gracias. You. I can't wait to see you again. Thank you. Daisy, thank you. Yeah. And remember all our super soon. Latinas out there, please listen to our stories, listen to our guests. We're on Apple, we're on iHeart. So any day, just like listen and subscribe and like. Yeah. Exactly. Besos a todos. A todas. Bye-bye. Adios. Adios. Mm -hmm.